Welcome one and welcome all. We are live this evening, November the 1st. It's already November. It's freaking crazy. November the 1st here live on Berry Flow Upstream, number 72, entitled Heart. Here with Blaze, editor-in-chief at Crackberry.com, and as well, Alex Bass of Cyberbytes, Inc. How are you both doing this evening? Good. Good, good, as always, you know. I, I have to apologize for my lack of uh, video tonight. I just could not get my camera working. Way too lazy to troubleshoot beyond five minutes of clicking around. So, <laughs> Blaze, what's your excuse? <laughs> I don't really have one. <laughs> it's like it's basically habit at this point, right? We'll just keep it keep it consistent. Well, so, <laughs> but I am traveling now. I'm actually in Winnipeg, so I didn't actually bring the majority of the gear that I needed with me. So. Why are you traveling, man? Jeez, <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah, well. I, wish, I wish I got to travel. Man, I'm jealous. No, guys, I, I really gotta, I gotta start this podcast talking about this super weird dream I had, right? And it was like earlier today, which freaks me out. But basically, I'm going, and uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of sleeping, and I have this dream about a BlackBerry car. And it was like a truck, and I got this truck, and I'm driving it around, and I'm like, hey, I, I, I got a new BlackBerry. And like everyone's like, oh my god, that's like the coolest BlackBerry ever. And like I'm driving around this truck. Like, I'm a little person, for those who know, who know me. Like <laughs> This truck is huge, so it was super, super weird. And it got to this point at the end of my dream where I get out of the truck, and I have a priv in my hand, and I look back, and now the truck's – and the truck is gone. And I'm like, is this some kind of like hyperbole or, or some kind of – Hidden, hidden message. I, like, I have no idea what's going on, but this dream totally freaked me out, and now I'm wondering if BlackBerry's going to launch a car. <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at coming into this podcast tonight. <laughs> I don't think they have a car launching anytime soon. <laughs> it's like when John Chen said that uh, <laughs> that hardware, well, handsets does not equal hardware, where he basically said, you know, I can keep the hardware business going without building handsets. Bam, that's where it is. Cars. And that is the future of BlackBerry's QNX. But no, we have um, quite a bit to talk about as we get closer and closer to this Priv launch uh, and official availability, moreover. We saw a lot of videos come out from multiple parties, BlackBerry with the, with the front of them, and the videos look pretty cool. We actually got to see some marketing explanation behind the... Uh, Creepy ex machina <laughs> photos yeah. that Alex and I were talking about the other podcast. What did you guys think of that particular advertisement? That one was a little bit more subdued. Thirty-five seconds honestly looks something more like you'd see on TV. It was very interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, to be completely honest, I don't really know how like my, for instance, like my family or friends would react to see that on TV. I know a lot of there were actually a lot of comments of people saying like. Oh, that was great! You know, just throw it on TV now, and I, I I feel like the other demo where they kind of shut off the phone and things. If they cut that down, that would be a better kind of TV advertisement. Um, I just I don't know how much I was feeling. It didn't it didn't touch me. I guess I get it. It just wasn't totally for me. I don't know. Yeah, like I honestly just don't understand the marketing. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Like I don't get it. I don't like. Why is there creepy ladies that look like they're hiding behind shower curtains? And why is there old men in the woods and yeah. stuff? Like, it, I really don't understand it. Like, 
there's actually, to me, there's actually like two different campaigns sort sort of going on. There's like the whole creepy side of it, which is the, you know, the the lady behind the shower curtain and the old man in the woods, which I'm sure everybody has seen at this point. Um, and then there's the whole, you know, the, the Android robot ones that they actually have on like the blackberry.com website. Like, so there's essentially two sort of campaigns going on for that. And, you know, anytime that I share <laughs> share the actual Android ones, usually people don't get freaked out by them and say, you know, what the hell is going on? But they usually, like, is that, like, a real BlackBerry image or did you just go ahead and create that? And yeah. No, it's, like, these images are on BlackBerry.com. Like, this is how they're promoting it. This is... You know the way that they went with it, and really, I kind of, I kind of like the whole Android one because it's kind of funny, even though it, it does, you know, kind of sort of look slightly cheesy. Um, it's cute, it, you know, the Android robot is cute. Yeah. And they get him doing all sorts of weird things, like rolling around in the pool and tucking himself in and stuff. That is kind of cute. Like I understand that one. But I don't get the the whole creepy ones. Like Halloween's over, guys. You can start the real campaign now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it, I don't understand it. It's super weird. Like I've shown it to multiple people. I've shown it to like PR reps and things like. It, it just doesn't. No one. No one gets it. And the thing is, like, it's it. There's just clearly a disconnect between like the idea guy the photographer guy, and then, like, the actual people putting the assets together. Like, there's no clear line of communication. Because the idea is good. Even some of the images we've seen are good. But then, like, the way they come together, it's it's not. And and I hope that's not some kind of foreshadowing of how Priv is going to do and how BlackBerry is going to execute on it. I just hope they went cheap with the marketing and it's just it is what it is and Priv will speak for itself. Because right now, uh, marketing is not doing a good job of really speaking for it. Yeah. But let me ask you guys something. Like, what do you think would be, if you were to go ahead, if you were leading the charge on this, what would you do as an advertising? So to that to that end, I will not say because I will be doing it, <laughs> just to <laughs> just to kind of school BlackBerry on their own. But uh, you know, I would talk about what's actually happening at BlackBerry and what the proof represents. And I think you can connect privacy, you can connect privilege with that message, but you need to deliver it and execute on it in a different way. Again, I think the idea is good. I really do. I get where they're going. I get that they're trying to show people in their most naked way, like their most naked form, and that the device is a shield to protect them. Like It makes sense, but like that's under, that's under a, a lot of understanding on our side that a general consumer may not quite pick up. So yeah. Alex is playing the video here, and I just want you to take a look at some of the images. Very clearly, you see kind of these skeletal bodies kind of moving the device around. My privilege, my privacy. And we're seeing different locales around New York and, and some other ones as well. You know, family, friends, feelings, thoughts. These are the things we share and put and use through our devices, you know? They're like a digital representation of ourselves. So having that device be secure, you know, obviously is inclusive of our own security. But just off the way this image comes off, do you guys think that a general person watching that on television would jive with it or not really? And we saw another ad, and Alex, if you wouldn't mind pulling that one up as well, um, just on that ad alone, do you guys think that that's something a general consumer is going to actually be receptive to or something like this that is 
quite a bit better and refined and actually talks about the device. I mean, what do you think hits a consumer better, that emotional pull or the device explanation and feature? The device explanation and features <laughs> because yeah. it actually lays everything out. And, you know, I don't – when I see a commercial, I don't want to have to sit there and ponder about what the commercial was about. Like, I would, I would honestly be hard-pressed to actually say whether or not that was a phone commercial if you actually took the phone out of the commercial. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it leaves questions in my head about what I just saw rather than, oh, that was a cool product or, oh, wow, my privacy could be possibly being invaded right now because of my phone. It doesn't, it doesn't peak any of those things in my head when I see the the robotic ones or whatever it is. They're, they're not even robotic. They just look robotic. But the features one is pretty much how I would I would do it as well. But I would also I would also honestly play on the fact that everybody thinks BlackBerry's dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, would totally, I would totally play that up. I'd be like, yeah, you thought we were dead? Guess what? We're back. Check out this kick-ass phone. It's got D-Tech. It monitors your overall security. It's got a yeah. kick-ass camera. It's got the BlackBerry Hub. And then, bam! It's got this beautiful display and this curved screen. And then, yeah, that's the end of the commercial. Goodbye. It'd be super cool if, like, you know, like, BlackBerry was, like, sitting in a grave and the Android comes, like, picks it up. And then, like, they go into exactly what you just said. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Like, but I, that, that would really appeal to me. But, you know, what do I know? I'm no marketing genius. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I do like, the, like, they stayed on the phone, like, this definitely is more of a software overview while showing the hardware as well, um, but I do like, because a lot of commercials nowadays showing off a phone, it's like, the phone will, like, glide by, and then it'll be, like, dramatic music or whatever's going on, or techno, and the phone will keep disappearing and coming back on, but this is more, like, really, really focusing on the phone the entire time, just showing you, you know, here's what is special about this device, here is you slide up, you get the keyboard, and I think the way that they showed um, the touch gestures on the keyboard was really nice too. It was pretty obvious that like the it's like a finger going over it, having it. You know, I, I think this was this is a really well polished and refined kind of thing. Um, how they would turn this into a thirty second commercial to throw on TV though, they would definitely have to cut some parts out. And I guess what is the most important part of this commercial they'd have to figure out. Um, yeah, it could definitely be cut down though. Yeah. I don't think this is something like for television at all. Like, no, no, that's something for it, us. That that yeah. video, that demonstration I, video, yeah, totally for us. But I, I just mean something more like this, not necessarily this commercial exactly, but showing more off the device rather than because, like, think back to their Super Bowl commercial. Like, it didn't, it didn't have any focus on the phone until the end. So in the way, in a way, I kind of still similarly feel that way about the other uh, one that we had just seen. That it was like at the end you see oh it's a BlackBerry device or it's a phone like that's what's going on with all of this it's like if you have to wait till the end of the commercial because again people the problem is somebody might catch your commercial on TV if right when the TV show goes to commercial if this is the first commercial that shows and something piques your attention then you may watch the commercial but if it's if you're showing the interesting aspect of it at the end of the commercial. People are probably already up getting popcorn or going to the bathroom or whatever, and they already missed that bit of it. So yeah, they changed the channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this robotic crap, click. Yeah, I think I think they need to find kind of a balance. I think this is too much, 
I think this is information overload. Even if you cut it down, I feel like it's just a little bit too specific. And, and as you said, there needs to be some kind of hook. I think if you can find a way to give this message about what the phone can do and tie it into the rather more obscure message that was given in the previous advertisement we watched, I think you can actually create a really strong campaign, something you can build on. But we don't know what really their, their marketing kind of outlie is going to be here and whether it's going to be this kind of thing that grows over time, kind of like the Keep Moving campaign did where, you know, they, they kind of followed Alicia around and, and did some more things along the way. Oh, and this is going to be kind of like a, a drop in the bucket kind of thing. Do you guys think it's like a long-term support with carriers maybe making their own advertisements or? Yeah, I'm pretty sure carriers are going to do their own stuff. I don't yeah. know what, what they would actually be doing, but I'm you pretty know, sure I, that they'll I, do their own. I genuinely kind of think that a really big important of advertise, or importance of advertising is on, you know, online rather than TV. And did you guys see the the Geico commercial that has blown up lately? Like it's it's gotten viral over the past few days, like, you know, almost 10 million views now. Have you seen that? The unskippable one? Can't be too huge. I haven't seen it. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to show you part of it because it's clever as hell, and this is something that BlackBerry needs to think about. Like, so you know how YouTube ads they have, give you four seconds to watch an ad, and then everyone skips it, right? Because I don't want to see an ad for more than four seconds. Well, this commercial literally starts off, and it's four seconds long. It essentially says you can't skip this commercial because it's already over, and everyone freezes, and you think, oh, the commercial's over. Then this dog comes up while they're still frozen, and just eats all of their food, and it's so entertaining to watch. And they have this whole series going on with this. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. you can see like the girl's hand moving and stuff, so that they're frozen there, but the dog goes on the table, knocks everything over, and it's a complete disaster. But it's like that is a really smart marketing kind of campaign going on, playing off that people obviously skip YouTube ads, so let's make it entertaining enough to make you want to actually sit back and watch it. I didn't um, see that exact one. I saw a different one, but it was the exact same concept. Yeah, exactly. They've had some pretty good concepts with it going on, and, and right here the dog like knocks over the milk and everything, and it's really funny. So I really wish that BlackBerry did something kind of you know creative with that, or went with you know marketing in this agency that did stuff like this. Obviously, how this relates to a phone, not at all. But <laughs> that guy, the guy, them. the guy on the right, the father, his eyes are moving, and it's really creeping me out. Yeah, they. <laughs> Told, I, the guy got interviewed. He he was told that they were all allowed to move their eyes. That was the only thing they were able to move. Nothing else they were able to move. So yeah, it was definitely a little bit creepy, but not as bad as the priv creepiness. For so Alex, let's pull up the unboxing. I think that very flow brought to you by Geico. Yeah, just Chad, you're right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> this this is the priv unboxing done by Carphone Warehouse. I'm glad they chose a cute little girl for it. Nice accent, obviously. Yeah, the accent, the priv. I love it. Yeah. I, oh, and that's heart. something that really, you know, um, rang with a lot of people. Was or resonated with a lot of people was that she said privacy and privilege, and like that's how they say privacy, you know, in the UK and everything, or you know, <laughs> Europe. So it's like it connected with a few people who are like, oh, privacy, privilege. Like that's actually kind of cool. So that's maybe the person that came up with the name is based out of the UK or based out of Europe or something. I, I don't know. It reminds me of like the podcast, like a, I think it was like two podcasts ago where Blaze like said privacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. But she said it fluently that it, it sounded like genuine, not like just screwing around, you know. So... I I had a friend who was listening to one of the upstreams, and they're like, is, is there a Canadian on air? And I'm like, yeah, there is. 
I was like, how, how do you pick up on a Canadian accent? Like, that would be me. <laughs> this is a really nice overview of, obviously, the unboxing, but as we get to kind of the halfway point here in the video, she actually goes into a little bit of the software features and actually shows us a lot of what the device can do in, in a kind of a short period of time. What do you guys think about the production of this video in conjunction with their exclusive right to sell the device at least until the start of uh, 2016? Um. Yeah, I'm not going to lie that, like, her overview of the phone, I thought it was great. She literally covered every important aspect of the phone, at least in my opinion, um, and she showed it off really well. It's thought through. I like that they even showed the boot screen. Obviously, it's a it's an unboxing, so you show it, but they showed a little quick glimpses of few important parts of the boot screen, and, like, then they're cutting off, and, and they really showed all of the main important features, the hub right off the bat, and uh, device search, and, man, the productivity you know, peak and everything, like, I thought this is probably, they, this was definitely planned, like, really well, and it, and it, you can tell that. Yep. I was quite impressed myself as well, especially after seeing the previous video BlackBerry themselves did, which was a lot more short and concise and, and more flowy, but this is great in terms of quality to take us through those features very quickly, and, and she knew what she was doing, which is, which is always appreciated. Blaze, what were some of your takeaways on this? Oh, I like the fact that everything that she showed off, I mean, obviously she couldn't fully go ahead and show every single feature off because there's quite a bit to the actual uh, device itself. But she showed off everything that's going to matter to people who, you know, are planning on picking up that device. And basically uh, pretty much every BlackBerry 10 user out there as well. But while offering a look at some of this new stuff for, you know, already existing Android users, it was a good video. I like that one. Um, you could tell, though, that there were some parts where she never actually set the device up, but you can't really fault her for it's that. It's an unboxing, you know? So I, I, yeah. I had that, that problem, too, but then I'm like, wait a minute, she just turned the device on for the first time, so it's supposed to be an unboxing, so it would be kind of weird if she hops in the hub and it's fully set up, you know? Yeah, um, and, I mean, people have criticized the, criticized the other unboxings and hands-on and stuff like that, and I'm like, well... Really, I can't, I can't fault anybody for that because I quite honestly wouldn't show off my BlackBerry Hub on video either. Yeah. Because, you know, there's messages in there that, you know, people would be seeing and phone numbers and email addresses and who knows what I might, you know, totally miss and leave in there. Yeah. I wouldn't show off my full hub either, right? Yeah, we don't, we don't, they don't, we don't want people to see our multi-chat guys. Yeah, nobody wants to see my I do like that kind of that splash screen there at the very onset with that BlackBerry yeah. holding the shield or, the, you know, the Android holding the BlackBerry shield. Really, really just a... I, I like this, what they've done so far, and I want to get into like a more in-depth conversation about it, but I kind of want to circle back on the good old BlackBerry news. We did get a lot of information from BlackBerry in regard to the future, a lot of clarifications about BlackBerry 10, and really talking to the developers and talking about what's going to happen as they continue to support the platform going here out. I thought it was pretty nice of them to actually come out of, you know, go out of their way while they're, you know, launching an Android phone and actually talk to the other platform and, and its user base. And, and I think it was cool to see that at least they have some outline support in the future for what the, what's going to come. Do you guys think it was a, a valuable thing for them to post? This is literally about seven days ago, about a week ago. They talked about 10.3.3. You talked about native development, what's going to stay, what's going to go, app distribution, and that you know they still love the developers. So, Alex, you're a developer. Did you feel any any heartfelt uh, 
support here from BlackBerry in terms of BlackBerry 10, or what was some of your takeaway? Honestly, for me, it was just more confirmation that they're trying to get out of BlackBerry 10 um, because it was like, hey, you know, we're really not going to upgrade the Android. Well, first of all, we're not going to take out the Android player, but we're also not going to upgrade the, the Android player. And then, you know, the SDK, you know, things really aren't being improved, and they're just kind of being honest about it all, I guess. I, as a developer standpoint, I went into the developer group after seeing that, and I was like, I feel like this was more of them just pretty much slowly telling us, like, yeah, we're confirming that, that we're not working on BlackBerry 10 anymore, more than anything. I don't really feel like it was like, a, hey, developers, continue developing for us because we want to, you know, continue supporting you. I didn't feel feel that way when I read it. And at the same point, they do talk about, you know, we do still love our devs for enterprise developers. Oh, we've got of course, a, we've, got a, yeah. we've got a partner program that provides, you know, a lot more support. So maybe not so much that it's disappearing, but it's definitely being transitioned toward this, like, enterprise focus, right? Where, they, where the only apps they're good, I mean, excuse me, the only app developers are really going to be courting are the ones that are going to build probably cross-platform enterprise applications. Yeah. I just found it really interesting, the different views that everybody took on it. Because I was sitting back and reading, reading everybody else's thoughts on it, and it's like, you know, I, I pretty much agree with Alex. That was kind of like, that was something that they, they had to go ahead. They had to go ahead and put that information out there. They had to say it. They had to let people know that 10.3.3 is coming and that there's another update coming after 10.3.3 as well. But, you know, the Android runtime isn't going to be updated to any sort of capacity. They're not going to remove it, but they're just not going to update it either. So it's kind of like, you know, it it, it basically lays out the plans for, for BlackBerry 10. They're, they pretty much, they're at a standstill with BlackBerry 10. And it was really interesting to see how some people got that message out of it, while others were like, oh, wow, they're going to go ahead and they're going to release all new, brand new BlackBerry 10 devices, and we still have updates coming, and it's like, well, I don't know, man. I think some people read a different article than others because yeah. that wasn't necessarily the case. Like, Yeah, for, for it, real. It laid it out pretty, pretty plainly, like, this is what we have, this is what we're giving you. Anything beyond that, no, it's probably not going to happen. Like, It bothers me for, for a couple reasons. Because if I look at BlackBerry objectively and I don't look at it as a fan, you know, I, I could I could throw some punches at BlackBerry, and I think we all could, right? So for me as a potential buyer, knowing what I know, you know, and, and, and knowing at least from the perspective that BlackBerry has not been commercially successful in the past couple of years in terms of their own development efforts, though I can I can consider the last two products, the major two products that they put out to be beta tests that basically never got out of beta, yet people bought, you know, that people bought into. I mean, Playbook was, I mean, Playbook is now a verb, right? Like, Playbooked. <laughs> BlackBerry 10 is going to be another one of those verbs. I mean, do you guys see that there's a venue of Android success creating a longer-term, even if it's privacy and security focus, future for BlackBerry 10, or is it never going to hit 10.4? Is it never going to progress forward as a mobile operating system? Because this article doesn't say that. You no, know what I'm but, saying? But, I mean, literally it. right here, this this 
this piece, native. Our current development environment is robust, and as such, there are no plans to schedule releases of new SDKs and APIs. New APIs will be released as required. I don't know if I, there's something waxing my ear or something, but that pretty much tells me they're not improving the development environment whatsoever, a.k.a. there's not going to be any major upgrades to BlackBerry 10 coming because they're, they fully stopped development. They feel it's, quote-unquote, robust enough. That's pretty much just saying... Yeah, we stopped working on it, and this is something we talked about on previous casts where we we thought maybe a good idea would be to bring a lot of this development in house, don't have open APIs, and build organically on your own security platform and objectives, and again totally ignore the consumer play because of course that consumer play is now going to be housed under the Android environment. I I get the Cascades really is not up to to par with the latest QT, that's for sure, and WebWorks is is still for one kind of platform and really the biggest disappointment here is that runtime that will stay supported yeah but really no plans to improve or remove i guess my question and i want to direct this one at blaze do you do you really think that there is a viable end goal of blackberry 10 if the android device is successful do you think the android device being successful can open a channel for further BlackBerry 10, like, in that high segment of enterprise? Or is Android meant to overtake what BlackBerry 10 has been? No, I think BlackBerry 10 is going to it's gonna continue on throughout enterprise and stuff like that because there's obviously people who don't, you know, they don't want to put an Android device on their network. Um, you know, so BlackBerry 10 is going to continue to be offered and maintained in that respect. Like, everything that you have now is going to continue to work, but I don't think... You know, it's not gonna. It's not going to advance any further. There's not going to be some. You know, if if Android, if the Android devices start bringing in profit for them, they're not going to go directly back to BlackBerry 10 and start pushing more money into that platform. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Um, they can continue supporting it as it is, but you know, anything beyond that is is pretty pretty sketchy, and I don't think that they'll actually go ahead and do it. So. I mean, going forward, I think Android is their play, and I think they. I think, I think, right now we have a very short-term view of what their Android play actually is in reality, because the Android device, um, we see them targeting privacy, we see them targeting security as per normal BlackBerry instances, right? Like that's that's always been their biggest play. But I think I think the Priv is the start of something bigger when it comes to their Android efforts. I think that they'll they'll essentially try to, to work more in line with Google to be able to go ahead and implement some of the, the BlackBerry features into Android itself. And not necessarily the features, I don't want to say that. Uh, not not the features, the, the security aspect of it and all that stuff that they, they want to maintain and I'm I'm thinking that they, they want to go ahead and sort of fold some of that into the, the basic Android system so that it becomes, you know, something that they can license to Google and make some money off of while also supplying uh, the platform with, with, you know, great utilities and stuff like that to be able to go ahead and advance it even further. So they're, they're putting, putting a lot of weight into Android. And what... What we're seeing now is basically just the groundwork of that. It's the beginning. It's the start. It's the process that needs to happen in order for them to move forward with all of that stuff. Um, but looking back, going back to BlackBerry 10 doesn't seem to, to be something that's you know essentially on their roadmap right now. 
It's it's such an interesting market because I think QNX is still so powerful, and and not necessarily you know BlackBerry Ten and, and and all of that. I mean, yes, it's it's very robust as is, but there's definitely room for improvements. And and when I look at this priv, I, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this is you know. It's it's marketed you know not marketed but it's it's claimed to be this device of no compromises where you get the best of every world, but there's been something really really specific about the BlackBerry ecosystem, the BlackBerry environment that I still I feel won't I still won't get even if I go to Android with this device you know and maybe that's something BlackBerry aims to build out in, in the future but I'm not feeling it right now and this is you know I mentioned this many upstreams ago as well that. I want more more BlackBerry on this device than than what I'm seeing. It still looks rather kind of plain and vanilla, and maybe that's probably the best way for it to find success, right? Not to overbear it like LG or Samsung does with their uh, with their skins. Do you guys see a progression that BlackBerry may kind of develop more along that lines, or do you think they're going to keep it as light as it is? No, I think that they're they're going to progress it a little bit further and do more implementation within the operating system, but. I also think that they're not going to, you know, they're not going to become like Samsung and, and you know, touch with it all out so that they got to go ahead and, you know, have have a big bloated OS or anything like that. I just think that they're going to bring some more of the the BlackBerry experiences forward to Android and hopefully improve them. Um, I think that's that's essentially their long term goal. Like like I was saying earlier, it, it's something that they're going to expand upon and improve and and basically roll with at that point in time. Um, even though, like, leaving it plain and vanilla Android is pretty much one of the best ways to go about it in terms of user experience because a lot of people, they don't they don't really want the TouchWiz, they, do, they don't really want the LG UI or anything like that. However, those devices still continue to sell, so, you know, maybe it's not even really fair to say that people don't want it. It's just not the preferred way and people will go about removing some of that stuff when and where possible. But I think I think BlackBerry wants to go ahead and bring some of those experiences over to Android to be able to go ahead and produce a really nice device that offers a little bit more differentiation from everything else that is essentially out there on the market. But I do hope that they bear in mind not to make it make it too bloated, not too heavy. You know, don't take up too much space on the operating system. Don't impede upon things that, um, you know, work already. Uh, don't 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 try and improve upon things that are already great. Basically, just bring bring what you think is is unique and and good to the platform rather than trying to improve what already exists. Yeah, and you bring yeah, up you bring up oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, that that echo is serious. Yeah. Uh, you bring up a good point, though, about the just I guess the phones in general and they're selling. So does that mean well maybe the launchers are working? I think it's kind of a different thing where, for instance, my grandpa has an LG G3 and it has the stock launcher on there and everything. He doesn't know any better. He thinks that's just Android. Um, my my friend's mom she owns a Galaxy. She thinks TouchWiz is Android. She doesn't know. Um, the average person who's buying one of these phones because they're re recommended to buy the new Galaxy, they go and buy it, they don't necessarily have any idea that that's not what Android is. Yeah. So obviously you have the hardcore people in who, who you know live by this stuff, and they are the ones that love stock Android or CyanogenMod, which is just you know 
minor improvements to stock Android for the most part. So then it's like, should we listen to the hardcore ones or the people who genuinely don't really care because they probably don't even know? Um, so again, I, I do think stock by stock makes more sense. So I do like that BlackBerry is paying attention to that aspect because I think it's just, you know, Samsung has grown such a big name for itself that TouchWiz is not going to stop, you know, people from buying the phones because the average person doesn't even know what that means. They don't know it has TouchWiz. They don't know what how that differs from stock Android. I think that's one of the other things that you mentioned there is the launchers. You know, most people yeah. most people who do feel as though that an OS is, you know, a, a device is bloated or whatever, they're either going to root their device and remove all the crap or they're just going to simply download another launcher. And yeah. I think I think that's probably one aspect that BlackBerry has also thought about it as well because with the Priv, I mean, even though there are those BlackBerry experiences built directly in in there, as we saw, BlackBerry basically created a launcher. They only they created their own launcher for the Priv, which obviously makes sense because that's what every Android OEM does anyway. But yeah. there's there's no there's no actual hardware requirement to go ahead and use that launcher. Let's just say say for example Alex, you want a Priv because of the hardware keyboard, and you know that's that's really important to you on an Android device. But you don't necessarily give two flying leaps about about the uh, the BlackBerry Hub or anything like that. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're just going to download another no, launcher, download a launcher, and just call it a day. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I've been reading in and or our slash Android or whatever, and everyone swears by Nova Launcher, for instance. And I actually just messed around with it for the first time today on my uncle's or on my grandpa's phone. And a lot of people were saying, "Wow, the BlackBerry Launcher actually looks good. This might be the first device I don't install the Nova Launcher on." And yeah. that's after seeing some of the Carphone Warehouse show, shown off and everything. So, I mean, that's that's kind of I think they're definitely going in the right direction. Yeah, and even, even even in regards to the actual launcher experience itself, the actual launcher experience is great, right? However, there's no again, there's no requirement to actually use any of the other bits and pieces either. Like you don't have to use DTech. You don't have to use the BlackBerry Hub. You can you can basically just pick and choose between what it is that you want to actually go ahead and enable. There's no real requirement. If yeah. you don't want to use the BlackBerry Hub, then just don't use the BlackBerry Hub. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just an app. at the end of the day, it's an app. If you disable the productivity, you know, the side that you swipe, and if you get a different launcher, then you can totally ignore the hub even exists on the phone. Yeah. Um, same, you know, with AppTray. Like, they don't force you to use their things. They I give honestly, you an option. I honestly predict that a lot of people will actually pick up the Priv simply based on the fact that, one, it's a nice device, their hardware is good, and the camera is good, all that other stuff, and the fact that it has a, a keyboard. I, and, you know, who who's to say that they just won't go ahead and disable all the other stuff? Like, yeah. on its own, without all of the BlackBerry implementations that we know and love, it's still a nice device, yeah. and people still want the keyboard. So the keyboard is beneficial. I mean, it, it, a lot of people like to say that the keyboard isn't that huge, it's not that much of a differentiator, but... Really, it is because it's probably well. We know it is. Like, I, there's no probably about it. It's the first Android device with a hardware and physical keyboard, or sorry, a hardware and a virtual keyboard that is actually up to par in terms of specs, 
features and all of that stuff. Like, yeah. there's going to be people out there that will just simply buy it because of that fact alone. And while I don't think anybody should drop the money on the priv just, you know, for the actual keyboard itself, um, you know, th there are going to be people out there who are going to do that. And I don't, I don't blame them one bit for doing it because if I wanted a keyboard device and I didn't have access to one for, you know, however many years as an Android user, I would totally be on board with picking up a crew. Yeah. So content transfer, guys, they made a nice Cascades app, maybe the last Cascades app, to actually migrate, <laughs> migrate your content over. I really like the app. It's pretty cool how it integrates into a couple different various options if you want to actually do this transfer. For instance, I used Google Drive to actually back up everything to Google Drive, and it is yeah. encrypted with the password. So for those worried, Google Drive, again, it is going to encrypt this for you, and it takes everything, contacts, calendar, pictures, video, music, text messaging, notes, tasks, and more. So there's really quite a few things that you're going to get through this content transfer. Uh, I imagine it to be a pretty seamless process considering they're able to grab all of this information. Definitely going to be uh, important to make sure that... Uh, you know, when you do this, you obviously have a backup and link as well, just in case. But you're able to bring over the email accounts, documents, everything. So I'm excited to at least have this application available. Is does this work kind of in the other way around? Does it allow you to go from Priv to other devices, or is it just an onboarding mechanism for Priv? Well, here's the thing. I think I think this particular application is basically built for onboarding onto Priv. But with that in mind, if you actually look at the at the application itself, it was developed by Medium Mushroom, who pretty much did all of the uh, all of the other transfer content transfer apps. So they did like the BlackBerry OS to BlackBerry 10 app. They did the BlackBerry transfer app that's on BlackBerry World right now. Um, so there are other Medium Mushroom applications available that essentially do the same thing. They did really realistically, they just basically white labeled the the application. And called it the BlackBerry transfer tool. So, not not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it's it's not something very specific. You can you can have essentially the same thing on different devices. It's just you have to dig and go through to find out which application it actually is. Because Media Mushroom produces a lot of applications um, specifically for transferring content under various different organizational names. So like they may they may have like the the Huawei co content transfer app or the Samsung content transfer app or whatever, right? You just have to go on into the Play Store and actually actually dig around and find one that would be specific for your device. Yeah, and you know, I'm a little bit uh confused well, not confused by it, but I'm I'm between a rock and a hard place between it. I did back up all my stuff. Here's what it looks like in your Google Drive if you do back it up with the Blackberry content transfer. And like the thing is, should I have backed up my contacts? Well, I don't really think I need to because my contacts are tied in with my Google account. That's how I have them in my BlackBerry 10 device, so that's probably how I'll also do it um, on my on the Priv when I get it. Same with calendar. Um, there are a few things like notes. Yeah, that would be good to have backed up. Uh, SMS and tasks, these are a few things that would be good to be backed up. But, you know, like photos, that's actually on my SD card. I don't even know what photos are backed up. And um, but it, So I'm kind of, I guess, it's definitely good that they give the option to transfer your information over, but I really feel like if you're using modern technology and using a Google account tied or whatever you're using for contact management and calendar, then you really don't necessarily need 
to do everything within no, the app. You don't. You you really don't. But believe me, there are yeah, there are people who millions upon millions of people out there who basically hoard their phone data. Like yeah, I know at least two people in in my immediate friends who simply won't wipe their device unless unless they actually have like five different backups in. 20 different spots, you know what I mean? Like, that's how how insane they are about their data. So the more that you can move and the the least resistance to get that content moved, the better. Um, Is it, it, you know, totally crucial to to me or you or James? Absolutely not because, you know, like you said, the majority of our stuff is backed up to Google anyways and we're going into a Google system. But, you know... Not everybody is is as confident in those systems as what we are. <laughs> At least they have the options available, and I know that you know it sucks to see that kind of application hit in terms of migration away from BlackBerry <laughs> Ten. But again, it, it's about BlackBerry continuing to sell hardware and continuing to sell new software services. So at the end of the day, it's what we need. Pretty cool to see as well. We saw the BlackBerry Print stock applications go on Google head ahead of the launch. I thought this was very interesting for a couple reasons. Um, the most obvious one to me is that these applications can update independent of the OS, which is awesome, right? So, you know, you could buy a priv and it could have updates waiting for you by the time you get it, you know? We don't know whether what we've seen so far and what we've heard is actually going to be the full motley of applications and services that the priv launches with, but it seems to be basically that the device is pretty well fleshed out regardless. Do you guys think that the you know the ability that they have now to update this indeterminate of actually the OS is, is a value proposition for them and and why? Is it more of a security thing or a flexibility in terms of developing thing or, or is it a little bit of both? I mean I think it's definitely a smart move. Like it, it's so funny because I feel like we're gonna end up getting a better update experience for like the notes application well which is remember on Blackberry Ten and the hub and like those were major OS upgrades that we had to wait for. Like, you had to friggin', oh, man, you'd have to side, or not, well, you'd either have to sideload the, the bar files or you'd have to actually update your, your OS. So just being able to update my hub, for instance, like, when was the last time this was updated? I think the, the 26th, maybe? Um, yeah, so it was updated on the 26th. They could just keep pushing out hub updates here, and I, I think it makes so much sense for doing it this way. Um, I don't see any downside of it. And then it, the day comes that they want to release this to phones other than the, the Priv. It's just a switch to just say, allow this to be downloaded for other devices. And they could even possibly put a price in there or make a paid version or do something with it if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, the other the other thing is that like people keep talking about the BlackBerry Experience Suite. And the BlackBerry Experience Suite kind of frustrates me at this point in time because... Outside of that initial announcement, we've never actually seen anything about the BlackBerry product in V3. Yeah. Um, you know, they, this, is, this is essentially one of the building blocks of Definitely. the suite, but the other building blocks aren't, aren't in place yet. Like, there's no, there's no BlackBerry applications aside from BBM on, on the Apple uh, iOS store or anything like that. There's no uh, BlackBerry applications outside of BBM. BBM on the uh, Windows Phone store, so, you know, uh, they could go ahead and bundle it all up and start charging for it at some point in time, but right now, 
it, it's all based around the priv. So I think we're we're going to be waiting a little bit longer for any sort of BlackBerry experience suite uh, or anything like that. But um, uh, overall, I think having the apps into Google Play, a lot of people a lot of people misunderstood or didn't fully realize what it means to actually have the apps in Google Play. Um, because, like Alex yeah. was saying, yeah. you know, they they can go ahead and they can update if any particular app that they have listed there, they can go ahead and update it if there is a problem without actually having to update the whole Android operating system, which is ab absolutely huge. And it, it's something that they started with BlackBerry 10, but they didn't actually fully do it um, to a point where it really mattered. Like they, they had like the calendar and they had like the hub icon and the calculator and stuff like that, which was all separated from the OS that you could update. Um, but this is huge because these are our major major components of the of the BlackBerry experience that are are being put into Google Play. So, you know, let's let's just say for whatever reason the hub is messed up, something something happens in an update. Uh, they don't need to update the whole Android operating system to be able to go ahead and do it. You can just push an update directly for the hub and have it show up in Google Play and get it downloaded. Yeah. That's awesome. This will keep them fluid on, on a lot of fixes that were needed. Now, let's jump into BlackBerry yeah. services. If you read here, it says, BlackBerry services is the foundation upon which your favorite BlackBerry applications are built. It provides both enhanced security and improved productivity. And in the key features, it mentions manages the data for all BlackBerry productivity suite applications, providing secure and efficient access to your most critical data, including sync logic that attains your data from the internet, seamlessly keeping your device up to date. So, you know, we talked about this update mechanism that may be running underneath as a security layer, and BlackBerry has a lot of those pieces, kind of those gears, kind of meshing around there in the background. I know Blaze and I were talking a little bit earlier, and he mentioned that there's so much going on in terms of what BlackBerry's doing on the back end that you don't really see, but BlackBerry's got a hand in it. I mean, this device is marked as security. You're very likely not going to be able to swap out you know, a custom ROM on this device. You're likely not going to be able to just flash it and put something new there. I mean, BlackBerry's really locked down the experience of what you're going to get here. Talking encryption, all that goodness that Android's kind of been struggling with over the last couple of years. So it's kind of cool. And I almost think that what BlackBerry has built here is almost premature. It's almost as if they built this device for Android M as opposed to Lollipop. And I find that interesting because DTech is probably going to gain even more features when Marshmallow comes out because you're going to have a lot more ability to kind of manage those different applications permissions and yeah. perhaps do yeah. so through DTech. So again, it's kind of like BlackBerry's like right at the right at the right point to bring this device in. And potentially, as you guys mentioned a little earlier, influencing future builds of Android. And maybe that's where the real money is outside of, you know, building hardware like this. So really cool, as you guys all mentioned already, that, you know, this this stuff is here independent of the OS so they can control it as they need, which gives them kind of a granular control over, over all things. So really awesome to see. Why BBM meetings is going to be preloaded, I do not know. <laughs> that still baffles me to this day. But contact apps looks great. Uh, as well, device search looks phenomenal. We saw it in some of the videos from Carphone Warehouse and as well in the screenshots here. Device search looks awesome. That looks really, really sharp. Yeah. Like I, I know Google Now is very powerful, but when I look at this, it's like this is more what I want. Like contact-based, no-nonsense, direct. I like it. 
Yeah, and the the screenshots don't even do it justice. Like in that video, just just the way that they've one hundred percent adapted to material and just the animations. So like as you start typing, these just animations start like sliding in and sliding out, and like it it feels so. As people were actually saying, it felt like almost Google made this. That it it's so native to the platform, and that's what people want when they talk about they want native apps. Like they love apps that are built in Material and with the standards that Google puts on them. So the fact that BlackBerry is really focusing on this, you know, it, it's definitely good. They're taking it seriously, and it shows. It's also important to note that that doesn't necessarily the the, the device search doesn't interfere with any of the um, uh, Google Now services either. So yeah. Like if you like, if you actually like what Google Now provides, the the device search itself doesn't interfere with any of that. You can still yeah. utilize all of the Google Now. It's actually it's basically just like an additional functionality because as you see in the launcher you have device search you have Google now and you have the BlackBerry hub so which you know with the launcher I don't understand what these pick these three pictures they use like what the heck are they even showing off is the BlackBerry launcher here the three dots underneath a few of the pictures and yeah. then like the, like this okay these are the shortcuts but like is is this what the launcher is um does the multitasking, does that count as the launcher, or is that an actual internal thing? So when you click the div, or the, the task yeah. manager yeah, there. You'll, you'll notice that all the descriptions here are very, like, very surface level. They do not go yeah. in depth as to what it is. More of a, this is what the idea is. But, again, it's really cool to see that this stuff is coming up. And, we, we, you know, we talked about the Carphone Warehouse unboxing but this is where you know the meat of our conversation is about to happen, gentlemen, where we're talking about this print by BlackBerry AMA that popped up in the CrackBerry forums, really kind of giving a lot of uh, insight into what we already knew and, and kind of putting it out there in terms of what the experience is going to be. You know, the devices, it, it doesn't have blend as of yet. It doesn't have BBM video. There is no priority hub listed. But you can run through this thread at CrackBerry, over 400 comments on it, as of right now, I think we're looking at like 530 now. It's, it's crazy. Tons of information in here talking about the specifics, even photo proof from the poster that this is indeed you know, a, a hands-on experience of Priv by BlackBerry. I really want to make this point to everyone who's, who's stuck on so far that if you're looking at this device as a BlackBerry 10 device or, or, or a BlackBerry 10 knockoff or, or, or ripoff or, or something like that, it, it isn't. It really isn't. This is an Android device with an awesome keyboard. Like, it's not a BlackBerry 10 device. You know, it doesn't need a native file manager because there's yeah. tons in Google Play. It doesn't Can we need... Put, please put that to, to rest to again. Like, this, I don't... I, I genuinely want to know why this oh, was man. asked so many times everywhere. Does it have the BlackBerry 10 file manager? No, like, that... Again, if, they, if it did, it would probably be within the, the apps that we've seen on Google Play that we just went through. Second of all, like, have you seen the, some of the file managers on uh, Google Play right now? Some of them are in, incredible. It has more integration with cloud services than even the, the native file manager does on BlackBerry 10. You can access SSH, FTP. If you do web development, you'd understand you know, how useful those are. And, and some of them are really incredible. Um, so just download one of those. Honestly, there's this the Solid Explorer is one that I would in, recommend. That if in, in the M in the uh, AMA, the Privberry mentions, you know, 
even in the help documents on the device, it tells you to just get one from Google Play. Yeah. So, so let, let, it, let, let it let Ray to rest. It's not needed here. It really isn't. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe that's something Blackberry does later, you know? I think people are confused when they actually say file manager because when you say file manager, when you open up the file manager on, on Blackberry 10, you get all of that stuff, which is cool. You get Box, you get Dropbox, you get... Shit, I can't even remember them all anymore. SD card, Outlook, you know. All that stuff. You get all that stuff included, but you also get remote access in there. Like, that's yeah. how you access your remote access. And I think that's... I, I, I want to believe that that's what people are really asking. They're not really asking about the, the file manager. Yeah. Itself. But who knows, right? I, I mean, I, I know I know some hardcore into business individuals who who really do mean file manager. Like, they need to have access to their file manager, right? Um, but I, I kind of want to believe that most people are actually meaning the remote desktop solutions and stuff like that. Yeah, but, which, um, in, in, in <laughs> at least for me, remote desktop hasn't worked for a year for me now. And I've, I'm hearing some people that totally works fine for them, but, like, I've wiped my device numerous times and just remote desktop has not been working. My computer shows up in the file manager and I haven't been able to access any files and yeah, I just mine, finally gave up. So Mine works basically whenever it decides as though it wants to work. Exactly, yeah. And again, you know, I, I can totally understand everybody who is saying, you know, like that's outrageous, why isn't there they're necessarily a file manager? But as, as Alex noted, there's like a million and one file uh, file managers on Google Play. Just go download one. <laughs> and again, Solid Explorer. I want to recommend simply because if you download if you download it a lot, he'll probably you know improve it more and help all of us. I really yeah. think that Alex is is promoting Solid Explorer and Geico like heavily on this. Podcast today. <laughs> are you getting Are you getting kickbacks and not sharing, Alex? <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Let's go back. So let's go back to what he's saying here. Uh, but yeah, really quick about the like bedside mode too. Again, like a lot of these questions that are being asked are certain. BlackBerry Ten, no. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I mean, come on. Exactly. Like there, there are apps that solve this for you. There's a quote unquote bedside mode ish in other apps that are just like you know the clock app. There, there are various things you can do. Um, the clock app is bedside mode. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Like the clock app. The clock app has your alarms and you can set multiple alarms. You can see the actual time. It has like it has like your 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 world times. It has your timer. It has your countdown timer. It has everything that you could ever possibly want from bedside mode. You can change the date and time, your home time zone, how long you want to silence it or gradually increase the alarm. Like why are why is anybody asking about bedside mode? Like, yeah, I don't get it. I heard about this Priv feature that you can actually plug yourself into the Priv, and when the battery edge reaches 100, it'll wake you up. Isn't that crazy? I can't wait to use that. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. People people are expecting this to be a BlackBerry 10 device, and it's like, why would they do that? That makes no sense. Especially you know? when, like all of this stuff is done. Like you don't need to. Like I think. That's something that a lot of people are overlooking, or maybe I mean maybe they realistically do see it as as something as beneficial, and you know it, it's something that we we pretty much pushed for for quite a few years. So you can't really be mad at anybody for for asking some of that stuff. But like BlackBerry Ten does have a lot of these 
features built in, but the reason why those features were built in is because the apps weren't available. <laughs> now you have all of these apps available, so you can access them however you do so wish. And I was saying this earlier, Blaze, man, like, BlackBerry 10 users are spoiled. They don't realize it. Now you're actually going to have to hunt for apps and features. Like, boo-hoo. You have millions to choose from. Boo-hoo. Um, it's just like it gets you to a point where if you like the BlackBerry experience and you like what BlackBerry 10 offers, stick with it. There's at least two more updates coming. It'll get refined, and you're going to get what you get. I mean, if you're, if you're the kind of user who wants a native file manager, who likes instant notifications that you can reply to, that likes the flow of the UI and everything that BlackBerry 10 offers with the peak right into hub and things like that, like go for it. That's all you. You like to swipe to Unlake? It still exists. It's not like they're taking it away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's literally they're building you something else and, and trying to take a little bit of what made that experience great and bring it over to this new experience. But Android's been good. You know, Android has been developed for quite some time. It has a lot of features well beyond, honestly, what a BlackBerry 10 device has. My thing is, like, if we're talking specifically on the file manager, like, what I like about the BlackBerry 10 file manager isn't necessarily all the connections that it has, but just the ease of navigation, the fact that it's built in cascades and we have the gesture-based UI, so I could literally go swiping between folders, copy and pasting, unzipping, moving stuff around, like, with such ease. But, again, that's not necessarily the app. That's just BlackBerry 10. And if that's something I continue to value into the future, I'll keep using BlackBerry 10. Yeah, but and, I think a lot of people need to give this a try, you know? Pretty. You need to keep in mind, too, that, like, just just because uh, Cascades is great, and I do love Cascades, but that doesn't mean that BlackBerry necessarily is going to have the most robust file manager available because, for instance, one thing that I noticed that I was doing a lot on BlackBerry 10 is you can't have, like, a favorite folder. So, like, within my Dropbox, I have a very specific folder that I had access to share something with someone quite frequently or whatever, and I would have to open up the file manager. I would have to click Dropbox. I would then have to click into a folder and do another folder and another folder. Whereas some of the Android solutions, you can just have, like, favorite folders. And right on the left side, you could just pop right in your, one of your favorite folders. And it's so much more efficient than even what BlackBerry 10 offers. So you really need to just give some of them a chance because... That you, they have large communities of people recommending things to do, and BlackBerry can't be like a full-time update their their file manager co company. Like they have so much other stuff to work <laughs> worry on, you know. Yeah, and then there there's also the other quirkiness. Like you mentioned the you know going into files, but like the BlackBerry 10 file manager is basically built upon the APIs that are are all available. It, you know, they didn't really have any help with that. BlackBerry built it. They build it upon the APIs, and some of those APIs that they offer to, you know, third-party developers such as BlackBerry aren't necessarily as robust as what the actual application could be. So, with that in mind, if you have the application on your device and you download a file manager, you know, you instantly get all of the exact same accesses directly from the application itself for the most part. So, uh, one good example that I've ran into is accessing like a huge folder on Dropbox with like a lot of pictures. Let's say, let's just say for example it has like 1500 pictures in it. If I was to try and do that on the BlackBerry 10 application it would bog down and it would just basically die out and it would totally disconnect my my uh, BlackBerry 10 connection to Dropbox at that point in time because the API didn't allow for that amount or that volume of traffic to be actually pushed through the API itself, um, you don't run into that problem on Android because you, you you either have a file manager that works 
directly with the application, or you have the application itself in which you can actually just go ahead and go through it. And, you know, applications themselves are always going to be better than third-party third applications when it comes to specific APIs that are offered and everything like that because they try and hide certain APIs from those third-party applications. So those third-party applications don't go ahead and build a better app than the app itself. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You just hit that so hard, man. <laughs> I'm almost speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Drops Mike, walks away from podcast, eats a donut. <laughs> it's it's a... Uh, you know, we could go through the AMA, and I really suggest you go to the Crackberry thread and read it for yourself. Look for Primberry and skip the rest because it's it's not needed. But yeah, just do control Primberry. Yeah, just read Dude, the Primberry. He responds I, all to the comments. I honestly cannot stress enough. Like, you guys ever played that game in school uh, where, you know, you're, like, spreading rumors where you start at one end and you whisper something in somebody's yes, ear? telephone, yes. Yeah, telephone, yeah, that's the name of it. You whisper something in somebody's ear, and then they pass it on and pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. By the end, the person at the end gets a totally different message. Well, that's sort of like the, the thing that's happening on there right now. Like, do not read any other posts except for the posts from Proofberry and just read those. <laughs> just run through those. It's it's I like that he's not responding too much either. He's kind of condensing it, keeping it easy to digest. A lot of good information. He does throw a couple jabs at the current hub implementation on Android, and I think this is a point really worth discussing. Again, BlackBerry built the hub. They built the APIs. They built the OS. So on BlackBerry 10, we've got a very robust and elegant hub experience. Okay, we've got we've got Twitter integrated. We've got Facebook integrated. We've got text messages, emails, but again, BlackBerry built every single one of those executions. So, of course, it's going to work relatively well. That's how we can get things like the instant notifications built throughout the OS because, again, BlackBerry has fine-tooth granular control over the different information accesses therein. So, when we're looking at the hub on Android, does BlackBerry build the Android Twitter app? Does BlackBerry build the Facebook Android app? No, they don't. So the amount of access they're going to be able to get at this time is going to be a little bit limited. So when, if you're, again, comparing apples to apples, this is not the same thing. One is an Android device. The other is a BlackBerry 10 device. But so, I do I do want to bring that up too, though, because, yes, some of it is annoying. Um, but, like, when I get a Facebook message on my phone right now, it will give me like a short little thing like someone added you or uh, commented on a picture that you're in. So yeah, it does pull over the Cascades menu and show me the picture occasionally, but like if there's a birthday, it really doesn't give me too much information. I have to click it and it opens up Facebook anyway. Whereas like on Android, it immediately just opens up Facebook to the page you need to go to. There are some instances where it's even quicker doing it that way because when I want to wish someone a happy birthday, my phone notifies me, hey, it's this person's birthday on Facebook. Wish them a happy birthday. Well, on BlackBerry 10, I have to click. It opens up Facebook. Then I have to go over to the happy birthday area and then do it. Whereas on the Priv, in theory, because on Android, you just click it. It would open up the Facebook app. And right there, you could just wish happy birthday. So there are some limitations even to the way that BlackBerry 10 implements things like Facebook and Twitter. I don't think Facebook is a good example because Facebook is trash across the board. But whatever. Yeah, neither true. of those apps are actually updated anymore. But uh, <laughs> it's funny because as well, there's going to be added redundancies here as well because Android has its own notification system in center. We're used to Hub being the only way to access notifications, really, on BlackBerry 10. So if you compare, again, apples to apples, you're not going to get the same kind of comparison points. 
with this, you may have some duplication and notifications where MyBread doesn't have access to clear the notification for an app it did not build. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have to keep in mind that some of those notifications can be disabled. Like you are, you're, you know, if you if you integrate something, let's say for example, you integrate like an email account directly into the hub. Um, you know, when you actually when you first load up an Android device, the very first thing that it asks you for in order to be able to go ahead and log into the device is a Google account. That Google account, as soon as you log into it and put in your email and your password, that device then automatically assumes that you're going to want to use the Gmail application, right? So for example, if it sets up the Gmail application but you want to implement you know, you don't even want to use the Gmail application. You you actually want to implement it and use the hub. Then you're there are going to be times when you're probably going to have to go in and go in and, and shut off specific, you know, notification profiles. Like in this case, for example, Gmail. So if you have the Gmail app set up and you have the hub set up, there is a chance that you could get multiple notifications for exactly the same email, right? Like if Alex sends me an email, it's going to pop up in Gmail. And it's also going to pop up in the hub. The thing is, is that you can actually go ahead and shut off one of those things. And in this case, if you're wanting to use the hub, then obviously you're going to want to go ahead and shut off the Gmail application uh, notifications or the syncing process because that does not interfere with your Gmail on the hub. Your hub emails will still automatically come in. You'll still get the notifications from them directly from the BlackBerry hub notifications rather than the Gmail itself app. Yeah, which, which, I mean, we found that's a limitation of Android just in general because it's always been that. Like, say that you just had Cloud Magic, which is one of the, you know, popular yeah. Android apps, and you had Gmail on there, you'd have the same problem. It would pop up twice. I just really wonder if, you know, will, will Android open up some of these APIs to allow it to not happen, to allow you to, to more simply, rather than have to, like, unconnect, like, from your Gmail or something, just is there a way to just say, I only want notifications from this one and treat it like that? Even in the AMA, the guy had mentioned that if you get an SMS, sometimes when you open up the SMS within the Messenger app, it doesn't clear from the hub and, and vice versa. And, like, that's definitely a bad user experience to deal with, but that's kind of a limitation of Android and not having full access over the APIs of the uh, of the OS. So yeah, Alex, Alex, and I actually did some testing with one of the Android devices I have sitting here. He was like, "Yeah, you know what happens? What happens if you log into Gmail and then you add like a Cloud Magic account, which also utilizes Gmail if you wanted to?" So we tested it out, and basically, I had Alex send me some emails, and I got two notifications. I got one from the Gmail app, and I got one from Cloud Magic at the exact same time. So again. It, it's not something that BlackBerry can fix because others are also experiencing these problems. The solution, of course, at that point in time was to go ahead, just disable the Gmail app syncing of my Gmail account, and then it stopped. Then I only got notifications directly from Cloud Magic at that yeah. point in time. So, it, it, you know, it, it's exactly like Alex said. Um, some of that stuff, they don't, nobody has control over. Like the Apple, the the app developers putting out these email apps don't have control over it, and it's the same for BlackBerry. BlackBerry doesn't have control over these system system um, hooks, I guess you could say, 
uh, automatically. Like these are things that happen. This is how Google set it up, and there's no way around it. You're gonna you're gonna run into some quirky things, and you know that's that's just how it is. You know, you're you're trading trading some quirky things for other quirky things <laughs> when it comes to moving from BlackBerry 10 to moving to Android, I guess. Yeah, but you know, and. The thing too is like so. Just, it's like people might jump on there and be like, "Well, does that mean that the hub won't be successful?" Because that's that's kind of annoying that you have to deal with that kind of stuff. I mean, if you look at the examples that, like Cloud Magic, for instance, how many downloads does it have? Um, you know, one to five million downloads, and it's fairly popular. And then Mailbox is another app just like that, one to five million downloads. And I assume um, Inbox by Gmail. I guess that was a test that I would have liked to run as well. Does Inbox by Gmail and having Gmail running at the same time, does that cause complex as well? Um, That's that later. Yeah, <laughs> so that has 10 to 50 million installs. So the question is, can the hub become popular even having these downfalls? Well, all of these apps have those downfalls, and there's maybe 50 million people who are willing to put up with those downfalls and just, you know, do workarounds to do it. So yeah. I guess, you know, it's makes sense. They could take over this market. They could really compete in it at least. Android users like the whole customization feature, and I think that's spending the time to refine that notification experience to what you want is something I think the average priv buyer would definitely do, because I think they're going to get more out of it in the long term, right? Because if you can integrate your hub, your tasks, your calendar, you're going to be able to access them through the productivity edge as well and just get a level up. So it's, it's even beyond like just a, a third-party email client, right? It literally integrates into the OS if you use it the right way. And I think that's really a really big potential that they have, right? Because it can take that experience and elevate it through the software that they've added in. So tons of stuff that they can do. I'm really excited to see. What do you guys think about this price? Do you think it's, it's reasonable considering it is flagship specifications? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... You need to compare it for what it is. It's it's a tough argument that happens, um, because you can say, well, the Nexus X or 5X, that phone is four hundred dollars, and and spec wise, it has very similar specs. But that's not that's not a fair comparison at all. I mean, the the 5X, like that's a really plasticky phone. Um, it doesn't have anything about security. It doesn't have you know the curved screen. It doesn't have the same kind of. You know this is this phone is a high DPI, and it so comparing it to something out of its level. Yeah, I mean you're essentially comparing a mid-level device to a, a high-end device simply based off the fact that they have the same processor in it. But there's so much more to the device than just the processor and a, and a couple of the specs like the RAM, three gigabytes of RAM. Um, so when you look at what it's actually offering, the security benefits, and then the keyboard. Um, no other Android device out there has a good slide-out keyboard. So, should there be a premium on this device? Absolutely. Is it worth it? That's up for you to decide. I personally think it's worth it. I don't think it's a ridiculous price. I was expecting it to be anywhere from $600 to $700. So, it's at $700. I mean, that's kind of expected. I'd, for me... I agree with everything that Alex said, but for me, I ha I also have to look at it at the Canadian standpoint, and sadly, the Canadian dollar is not exactly doing that great. So when Canadians look at it, they look at it and they see a ridiculous price. Like, 
you know. Yeah, but it's the same price as the iPhone. Like, I, I guess, are people not you know, used to people seeing don't these flagships? The people price. don't care about that shit. They really don't. They just see the, the high price, and then they jump to the conclusions, and they say, oh, that's too much, blah, 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 blah. And I get what you're saying. Like, the iPhone is the exact same. The Samsung Galaxy S6 Edge was the exact same when it came out as well, and then it dropped. Every All, all of these phones inevitably drop in price at some point in time. Yeah. People are totally reacting off of the initial sticker price. And that's fine because some people think that BlackBerry can't command $900 for their Android phone or whatever. That's fine. You don't have to buy it. But they just did. <laughs> Regardless, they're, they're going to demand it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and again, I totally agree with what Alex said. You can't you can't just look at a phone and say, yeah, it has the exact same processor, it has the exact same camera, and call that a day. Like, that's not how this works. That doesn't work that way. It, it's totally separate. You need to consider some of the other factors that are involved here when it comes to the security, the actual hardware itself, you know, the, the manufacturing that went into it, all of that stuff. You can't just simply say, you know, well, I could buy this phone for this amount. Why is BlackBerry charging this amount? Like, it doesn't it doesn't compute that way. You need to look into it deeper than that. Um, but here's the here's the thing. I don't. I honestly, at, at in Canada, I honestly don't think BlackBerry is going to sell a lot of them because of the fact that it is such a high price and because the Canadian dollar is crap. You know that that unfortunately is not BlackBerry's problem. <laughs> Yeah, no. and, and exactly. That's not BlackBerry's problem because you look if you actually look at the conversion rate here, eight ninety nine Canadian to USD, it's actually cheaper for you guys than it is for Americans now. Like that, like it's six ninety nine USD. So if they really wanted to keep everything fair, it should be like nine thirteen. Again, it's not very much of a difference, but like that, that's not BlackBerry. Like BlackBerry can't control that. Yeah, if USD to Canadian was like right on par at one dollar. Then that would be much more attractive, but you know BlackBerry yeah. can't control that because Canadians would be seeing that exact exact same six ninety nine price, right? Yeah. And like I said, six ninety nine was was pretty much the price point that I I said would be like the breaking limit if they go beyond six ninety nine. Well, they didn't they they didn't actually break the limit. It just so happens they broke the limit in Canada. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for this device, guys. I really just want, like, and that's the thing, too. Like, you'd look at this high price, but they only need to sell $5 million. And I, I think the higher price at a higher margin, especially when the average selling price of a BlackBerry previously was $240, you need to start getting a premium on this hardware for it to be a beneficial thing for them to continue to do. Yeah. I mean, this device literally is going to bring form and function together, and I think that price... Is, is right where it needs to be because, of course, you know, there's going to be sales, there's going to be this, there's going to be that, but you need to start at a higher kind of a market price to be able to do those kinds of discounts and still have the margin you're looking for. There's, you're, also, you know, there's also those people that are going to be out there buying it on carriers and getting it discounted anyways, right? Right, exactly. And, and you know, I'm tempted. It's like, dang, the pre-order is nice because I can get it, you know, next week or the week after or whatever. You know, within, within a month, I could get the device. But how long will I have to wait for my carriers? Are we going to see carrier news when the device officially hits 
on the on the week of the ninth, or are we going to see it a little bit before that? You know, it, and there's a lot going on in terms of the carrier support. I walked into an AT&T store today, asked to speak with the manager. Man had no idea what was going on, none. Yet I will say they still had a classic and they still had the AT&T passport up and on display, and I was shocked to see that considering the devices are a year old, if not older. So, you know. It, it, it was at a, a corporate store as well, so maybe that has something to do with it. But at least they, there's BlackBerry's presence there in the store, and it has been there for quite some time. Um, adding in an Android device into the mix aside some of those devices, I mean, it gives users a plethora of options from Classic to Passport all the way to Priv. I mean, that covers a lot of bases for, for potential buyers. And, I, you know, I almost want to say that the attention the Priv will bring will also kind of highlight the the rather mute BlackBerry 10 devices that are great as well, but don't necessarily get the same attention. If you get people coming into the store looking at a Priv, but maybe figuring, you know, it's big, it's you know a little expensive, oh, there's this classic, you know, I still get that keyboard. You know, I think there may be a little bit of rollover for some people who actually walk into the store and don't necessarily end up loving the Priv as much as some, you know, intend to. Five million is a very easy target. Do you guys think it's a realistic target? I think it's more realistic than their 10 million target. Yeah, especially when they jack up the price of the phone double than what those phones were going for, right? It, it, it sucks because for me, like, the last BlackBerry 10 device that came out was the Leap. And it's like, that's an awful way to end a product cycle. Like, Yeah, you had the Silver Edition Passport. I guess you can count that, right? That's the last BlackBerry 10 device? Yeah. I guess we'll take that. That sounds way better than the Leap, that's for sure. Are, well, are there um, in, in Canada? Do they have like a, a Verizon Edge payment type of plan, or or do they not really kind of do that? Um, some carriers do. Like you have like Win Mobile, which does like a Win Tab sort of thing, and uh, the other one, Rogers, has their own thing. I honestly don't know because it's been so long since I actually paid attention to carrier offerings personally. Like I just. Buy my phone's unlocked through Shop Blackberry and don't worry yeah. about it. But I know that they have they have plans and stuff like that that can allow for faster upgrades and easier upgrades. Interesting, interesting. So, if correct my understanding, guys, I, I kind of pulled some of this from the AMA. Um, re, the recent, the Square on the Android device it would bring you into the multitasking or basically the recently open apps and you're it seems like you're going to be able to choose what kind of layout you want for multitasking be it the Rolodex or you know whatever so is that something we get to choose or is that the Blackberry launcher because Alex was mentioning that a little earlier like is the tile format that we've seen leaked is that a Blackberry launcher additive or does Android already allow something similar to this Pretty sure Android already allows something similar to that. Interesting. Great. Very, very cool. That at least we'll be able to select, you know, what kind of display of of those recent applications we want. Very, very cool. I'm I'm wondering, like, you know, if there's any other edge features. We've seen the productivity edge, the battery edge, which I, I guess is a feature for display purposes. And this is something I, I was playing with the Samsung S6, and I was really impressed with like how much was built in on the edge. There was a lot of things you could do. Is there anything else you guys want to see there in terms of the edge? I mean, 
we kind of talked on the last one that it's almost a little bit gimmicky. You may turn it off if you're not really using those main four apps. You're really not going to get much out of it at all. Do you wish they did something else here? I mean, is there another ability for this edge to do, you know, recent apps or favorite apps or, you know, quick access to contacts, be it a phone call or, or a message? Or do you guys think they're going to try to keep it as uh, productivity-focused as they can? Uh, I think they, they. I think that they're going to keep it productivity focused as they can, but that doesn't change my mind. I'm wanting other things actually in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would much rather see them expand upon it, or um, I don't know. At the very least, I would kind of like. I almost, I almost wish that they had of hijacked Samsung's way of doing it. However. However, um, Samsung implemented it. Obviously, there's there's some ways that Samsung have created, and they've seemingly communicated with some of the uh, developers to be able to go ahead and uh, add specific apps. So I almost I almost wish that they had hijacked the exact same thing and did it almost exactly like the Samsung Edge, but yeah. they didn't. Nice. I, I liked it on the end. Like I think the first swipe on the on the Edge on a Samsung brings in like recent contacts or like chosen contacts and then a quick ability to like tap on the contact and then send either a message or a phone call which I loved right because that that avoids the need for me to launch the phone app find the contact I want or assign them even a keyboard shortcut I can really quickly do it based on like whatever context I'm in and then if you swipe on that edge again then you get the ability to basically add whatever recent apps you want so quick double swipe on that edge you could get to apps you can get to contacts I mean Something yeah. really cool, and that's productive in my opinion. You know, it helps yes. me to easily get to contacts and people. I mean, this is something I would really like as well for BlackBerry to kind of refine and do their own thing with. So maybe productivity edge first swipe, recent apps and or recent contacts on the second swipe or something. And, and you know, this is something they can obviously add in on an OS update or, or whatever the case may be. Here's so a, uh, you're using you're using contacts as an example, but the the productivity edge on the Prove actually has contacts listed there. Um, so That's you, right, contacts, tasks, email. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does It does your calendar, it does your email, which is essentially the BlackBerry Hub, of course. So um, it's almost it's almost kind of like a, 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 uh, a, a peak feature. So when you tap on your calendar, say for example, you tap on that and you have some dates lined up, so you get like today's events, and then it would list all of your today's events, and then you get tomorrow's events, and so on and so forth. And if you if you if you keep going down to the bottom, it, it just basically tells you to click here to open more, right? So you tap on more, and then you open up your calendar. And then if you go into the hub, it's kind of like a peak um, on BlackBerry 10. You can see all of the headlines directly from all of your emails. So like you got like your Google Alerts or whatever YouTube updates or, or, or whatever emails it is that you have there. And you can scroll through more and more of those. I think it does like I don't wanna I don't want to put a number on it, but it does let's just say it does like ten or twenty. And then it gives you the option to tap on more and then it opens up your Blackberry Hub. Um, same with tap. If you have your tasks, you have however many tasks that you have due today listed, and then you can just tap on it to say open up the task app. And then there's your um, um, uh, contacts. 
so if you if you have contacts, what's your favorite? It um, for example within the Android system. Um, so let's say for example I have Alex, I have James, and I have Kevin and Adam as listed on, as favorite contacts in my in my uh, in my dialer on Android or anything like that, right? Um, those favorite contacts will automatically show up on the contacts item, and then there's also an email button which is right beside them. Um, so you can just tap on the email icon and be directly dumped into an email with their address already filled in for you. Um, but you can also continue to scroll down to the bottom and then tap on open contacts and then you can get uh, dumped into obviously the contacts application itself and then you can choose from that. So, you know, uh, on the whole when it comes to productivity, I really do believe that the productivity edge is really good, but uh, it, it's not one of those things that I necessarily worry about because there's other ways that I access those things. Like I have have Trello messaging me, I have um, you know the the swipe notifications directly from the home screen. I don't necessarily need them. It's it's almost like a duplication of some of the stuff that is already there. It's good to have for those people who want to actually go ahead and make use of it, but it's also good that they give you the ability to go ahead and disable it because I personally don't think it's something that I would use because, again, it's sort of like a duplication of some of the stuff that Android mm -hmm. does, right? See, and, and that's where I'm, like, so different, though, because there's so many times where I'll be in a chat with someone and they'll ask me, you know, if I have something going on tomorrow at 1 p.m. And if I could just swipe the edge and really quickly see that no I don't have anything going on as opposed to minimize click calendar see calendar minimize go back into you know click the messaging app respond like this is this takes uh, like a five click you know process and, and creates one swipe out of it so I personally probably will get use out of it yes it is definitely duplicating things but I think it it's in a way that makes sense but yeah. but again turn it off if you don't like it yeah, and especially yeah. was like another option for you know like just pick. Let me put five apps there. You know, like whatever. Yeah, just yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, ne I don't necessarily disagree with Alex's way of doing things either because you know that's really smart and that's he's on his, he's on his game. He's product he's productive and you know that's the way he works. It's just <laughs> Blaze and I are here just like <laughs> donuts. Like. <laughs> I'm just scrolling through life doing whatever the hell I want whenever I want. I don't care about productivity. Screw all that nonsense. <laughs> Blaze wants like quick memes. Like he wants to be able to swipe memes into his conversations really quick. Like, that's, that's funny. This device is supposedly going to weigh the exact same weight of the iPhone 6S Plus. Oh, so, I have a comparison picture here. Yeah, so it's like right, right under two hundred, right under two hundred grams in the in the 190s. Very, very interesting. I mean, these devices are going to be basically the same weight. And honestly, the iPhone looks like a lot more wasted space, which I find highly amusing. They are actually the same screen res or screen size, actually, um, for the most part. The Apple iPhone 6s Plus is 5.5 inches. And the priv is 5.43 inches. So we're talking about such a small difference there. But, like, look at the device profile compared to the priv. They literally fit the same size screen in a much smaller profile. 
very, very, and and I can imagine that that keyboard is hiding underneath too. You yep. know, it's like that's crazy, 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 crazy. I'm excited because that rate comes in at a pretty reasonable. And yeah, the six plus was one, I think, like one seventy grams, whereas the six S plus is another twenty grams, but it added in a huge battery. And and huge is relative, relatively speaking, because the uh, the battery life on the Brave is going to be outstanding from what we've seen. I mean, you're definitely going to get at least a full day out of it. So uh, there's a lot to go on with this device. I mean, you look at this price, we know it's expensive, but you are getting a flagship by any means in terms of the inside and the outside. I love that front-facing speaker. On the unboxing done on uh, Carphone Warehouse, it sounded awesome. And it seemed like she had it on, like, medium volume. So yeah. I what I, one thing I will say is that BlackBerry took a really nice time with the QNX and the acoustics technology that they have therein. They really refined that audio experience on BlackBerry 10. Will it have the same level of refinement here? If, if read in the AMA, that the gentleman at Privberry mentioned that he likes the Passport quality better, but the Priv is much louder in terms of overall audio. So it's going to be kind of a middle range for us. I know BlackBerry put a lot into the acoustics in you know, BlackBerry Natural Sound and, and things like that. So, again, there's so many things that BlackBerry could start bringing over. It looks like we do have that touch-sensitive touch bezel here to allow some gestures, which I find awesome. I wonder if they've got more kind of cooking in terms of what they want to do here. We, we A lot of us wanted, like, you know, BlackBerry 10 just on an Android device, right? And, and in the future, BlackBerry may just be able to enable that, right? But maybe an even better version uh, with with the Android experience at the at the underneath of it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now we just need to get some uh, some some uh, some 3D touch, and we'll be good to go, right? We already got those peak uh, pop-up widgets and whatnot. So I'm I'm definitely excited about the device, and I know there's tons of BlackBerry fans out there as well who are really looking forward to this. Just to run through the specifications to close here. We're looking at, again, right around just under 200 grams, looking at the Qualcomm 64-bit 1.8 gigahertz quad-core with the Cortex dual-core there as well. So you're looking at an 808 hex-core total there, which is going to be pretty awesome. 3 gigabytes of RAM, 32 onboard, as Alex mentioned, a 5.43 screen. That camera, which... I, I, it's it's funny because, like, a phase-detect autofocus is, is not a a common thing on cell phones, yet this has it, you know? And I find that pretty crazy. Like, that's... Face Detect Autofocus is something you find on, like, high-quality cameras. So I wonder if Priv has it, a pretty substantial camera, or whether it's going to be kind of Passport-like in terms of the software. I mean, I've been pleased with Passport's camera, aside from, like, the quickness to focus. That just kills me. Alex, yeah. on your Z30, do you find similar kind of uh, things when you're taking photos? Yeah, I mean, I just had an experience with that just the other day, it, at least with the front-facing camera. Um, I had a couple seconds to take a picture with someone because they had to go, and I snapped six or seven pictures, and about one or two of them came out clear. The, the rest were blurry. But it was one of those things where I just kept slamming on that, that you know, take picture button. Because, selfies. <laughs> exactly, and, that, and that's really what I had to do because I would not trust one or two pictures for it to be clear enough and be happy with it. So... As of lately, I've just been just taking like five pictures for every time I would have just taken maybe two in the past, just because I want to make sure I do get that one good, you know, shot. Here's my thing with the camera: like, okay, it's a BlackBerry device. 
and arguably the BlackBerry Passport had pretty much one of the best cameras that BlackBerry has ever produced, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, I, I don't think there's very many people out there who would say, you know, the BlackBerry Passport camera was flat out garbage or anything like that. Like, no matter what, at the end of the day, that camera on the Passport was still the best camera that BlackBerry has ever produced, and that's on the Passport, which is pretty much one of their latest and greatest flagship devices, okay? That being said, I think the Passport basically loses that position when it comes to the Priv, because no matter what, at the end of the day, the camera on the Priv is going to be the best camera that BlackBerry has ever produced. It's going to take over that position from the Passport. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I am, am grateful for that. The only thing is, is that with it running Android, it now instantaneously becomes more of a scenario of comparisons to other Android devices and yeah, exactly. We, as BlackBerry users, always accepted that BlackBerry's cameras were a little bit subpar, so it really wasn't even necessarily a fair comparison at that point in time. Like, why even bother doing a com camera comparison because you know the iPhone camera is going to be better, right? But now it's sort of moved and, you know, it's going to get compared to other devices for sure. And that's, that's I so that is true. <laughs> yeah. and, and hopefully it does well. I mean, there's tons of, tons of features here, right? A lot of stuff we already have, but like that 4K video, that, what, what is the, the feature they talked about? Selfie panoramas? I mean, like, there's a there's a couple cool stuff here, live filters and things like that. Like, I really hope that this camera stacks up, especially when they put, you know, a, a quote-unquote brand name certified behind it and, and integrating all these commonly found technologies and, you know, high-end cameras. I really hope that it comes together for them. That being said as well, we're going to be able to download, like, Google's camera and a bunch of other third-party cameras that potentially may even elevate the camera experience even more, you know? Yeah. Ton yeah, Tons and that's the thing. Yeah, the argument of like, well, how you know, BlackBerry might not have the best software to modify the images or whatever, and well, then you can just say, well, hey, now um, we have the nice, you know, software. We could explore, experiment with various cameras. BlackBerry is bringing their camera over to the Priv or their camera app, so we can test their camera app versus the native stock camera app, and you can mess around with that kind of stuff. And then in addition to that, well, we also have the, um, I'm going to show it here for one second, we have Google Photos, and here's a, here's a picture that was taken, a front-facing picture that was taken with the Priv, uh, allegedly, and you can just click like auto and get it to improve the photo a little bit, like there's a little bit of blurriness here. So once we have like Google Photos and these all these nice camera apps that have this functionality, it will improve the the you know the camera just that much more. Like here's a good example. If I actually you know here's the original one, and when I click that, it really lightens it up and really you know makes it look a lot better. Here's the actual normal picture taken, and there's it improved. So again, like we will have more software to get a better shot out of the camera, regardless of the camera. Yeah, I just uh, I just took a shot of the screen here with my passport and just cried because <laughs> it's no nowhere near what it looks like Priv's gonna be able to put out for us. So 
you know, again, it just comes down to that point that it's going to be compared to a lot of top cameras out there from other vendors, you know, Apple's, and of course as well, we're looking at some of the other Android cameras. I, I honestly am at a point here, guys, where I wonder, is it, is it really a BlackBerry device or is it an Android device with a keyboard that has BlackBerry apps? And, and will it become an, a BlackBerry device the more they develop it or will it kind of stay at this place where it's mostly an Android device with you know some BlackBerry flavorings here or there? I mean, from what we know so far, and we've seen quite a bit of it at this point, is it, is it really a BlackBerry device or is it something more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. But at the same time, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for that because you know, it can go either way. Yeah. I, I, I just want reviewers like who pick it up and who, who actually give it some time. I want them to look at it and, and consider it really to be another Android device. Like, I really don't want them to compare it to a BlackBerry device because I think it's unjust for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, we, you know, we talked about so many things that BlackBerry 10 has with the hub, the peak, the implementation, the UI, and all that. Like, it's it's not trying to be that. And I think people make... I don't want, like, them to compare hub and be like, oh, I actually liked hub on BlackBerry 10, and it yeah. actually sucks, you know, on the print. Exactly. That, and that. then to put those apples together, you know? And that's the thing. This is again. This is an Android app with BlackBerry improvements. That's why it is the Priv by BlackBerry. It's not the BlackBerry Priv. And then BlackBerry 10, you know, is just BlackBerry 10. So comparing BlackBerry 10 to the Priv, well, you're not going to get the same type of integration for a lot of these apps. They're going to do the best that they can with what they have. But you know, for the average Android user. It's going to be a great experience for the average BlackBerry user. They're going to have some quirks with the way that some stuff is done, but that's that you need to understand who their target market is. It's not necessarily BlackBerry 10 users. It is Android users to experience the productivity of BlackBerry. Yep, and unfortunately, there's no way around that. Like some, when this device lands, you know, like we're already we've already started to see some of it just based on like that AMA on the BlackBerry forums. Like people are going to be there are going to be people that are upset with the way that things do work on the priv because arguably, you know, they may have worked a little bit better on BlackBerry 10 because of the access that they had. And, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to just take it as it comes and accept it for what it is because, you know, I'm sure BlackBerry is going to continue to improve upon these experiences if people do complain about them enough. But at the same time, you know, I, uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be hard to, hard to separate the difference. And I think, I think, I think a lot of tech sites. Let's let's just say let's use Android Central for an example. I think Android Central is going to look at the device as, as essentially being, you know, a straight up Android device. They have they have no basis for a comparison to BlackBerry 10, like, it would be totally pointless for Android Central to compare it to BlackBerry 10. However, when it comes to, like, CrackBerry, where we are essentially BlackBerry community and BlackBerry 10 community, it's something that it, it has to be mentioned at least. Um, and some comparisons do have to be made so people are made aware. And I think a lot of people are going to be, like, you know, 
I'm not buying that because it's not as good as BlackBerry 10. And, you know, that's unfortunate because, you know, like James said, it, it really needs to be looked at in a different way. It needs to be compared to other Android devices versus comparing it to BlackBerry 10 because I don't, you know, I don't think it's a fair comparison. So te tease us here a little bit, Blaze. I mean, is your is your review when it comes out, is it going to be focused on in catering to the BlackBerry user? Are you going to bring in kind of the Android side of things to kind of balance it out, or are you really kind of kind of keep to the community and, and give us give us the review that you know we really want, which is like, is it as good as BlackBerry Tech? Yeah, well, see, that's a, that's sort of the predicament that I'm in. I kind of have to give everybody the 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 BlackBerry Ten comparison sort of review, but I don't know. The way I see it is that it kind of has to be balanced out. Like, I don't. I don't want. I don't personally want to put out the message that you shouldn't buy this device because it's not necessarily. You know, some of the features aren't necessarily as robust as what they are on BlackBerry 10, because that's not the way that it is. It needs to be looked at in a totally different way. And you know, I, I it's it's on me to essentially go ahead and find some balance in between the two because I don't. I don't want to alienate people away from the device because of you know, something's not necessarily working the way that they should, uh, or that people are used to, whatever the case may be in that scenario, but at the same time, I want to compare it to some Android devices, because I think I think when it comes down to, to actually comparing it to other Android devices is part of where the device is essentially going to excel at, because, you know, previously, as, as I mentioned with the camera, doing comparisons was kind of like a no-win scenario. Like, why would you do that? Like, you know, BlackBerry's definitely going to lose in that department. And I think it, excuse me, <coughs> I think in some ways it's the exact same way for the device itself because, you know, you, you, you really couldn't compare BlackBerry 10 devices to an iPhone, especially like in the app section or anything like that, because of the fact that you know BlackBerry would ultimately lose out in that scenario. Like it was a no-win scenario, and I think the Priv puts it on par to actually actually be compared to other devices. So, you know, the the too long didn't read it there as I'm going to have to find some balance between the two and offer that up to everybody, and hopefully I will succeed in that mission. And if not, well, you know, what can I do? Go pick that up and, and, and try it out for yourself is is basically the ultimate way. But I have a lot of things planned for, for actually taking a look at the device, a lot of you know interactive things and you know, probably do some of the some of the uh, uh, ask me anything scenarios like like Privberry did there. Uh, but you know, in a more more concise and more fluid manner after we've actually gotten gotten some time to uh, sit down and go through and organize everything. Looking forward to it. And this device is really coming to a head here, guys. We're looking like next week we should have the official launch, if not the week after. I mean, we are in the week of Priv. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a good quote. Someone's quote me on that. The week of Priv. We're going we're gonna to be getting it, and we're going to have a lot more coverage on both CrackBerry and BerryFloat regard to print in the coming weeks. If you, you visit Jubei's channel, he put out an interesting post today talking about his distance with BerryFloat at present, but his intended continuation of checking out the print and taking his gorgeous photos as he always does and giving us his impressions. He's been 
really busy with some personal stuff in terms of his work life and, and setting up his career for future success. So always excited for him and still in the Blackbird family, still here with Barry Flow, making it happen. So we're going to hop on our after show. We have a couple things to talk about. Maybe, you know, some of those things we were chiming about earlier. And really, we blaze it out so to get that joke. <laughs> we're going to start this after show. If you want access to that, you can check us out on Patreon. Consider supporting. We're going to hop off here and we'll continue our priv conversation and get into the nitty gritty about uh, some of those yummy features. I, I want to see a little bit more about uh, just like what the keyboard can do and if it's up to par with like what we have on, on BlackBerry 10. So that's what I'm really, really focused on. And it seems like they put a lot of time into that keyboard from what we've seen so far. So that's what we'll be talking about a little bit here in that after show. So thank you once again, everyone who's stuck on with us. It was quite a long stream, but this has been Very Full Upstream 72. We will see you guys next week. Later. Later. November the 8th. November the 8th. Peace, guys.